Hello, hello. How's it going? Yeah. Oh, you know, I was like, oh, look at the light. I see the light on my track ceiling lights. Beautiful. Is it <laughs> sunny in Vancouver or? Oh, God, no. It's a gray as gray. <laughs> <laughs> or fox. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. I could so use a silver fox right now. Mm, Seriously. I, girl, I am so damn so dry. Mm. Yeah, you know... That's okay. as dry as the California desert. The Sahara. <laughs> That's usually what's said, but yeah, sure. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I thought it would make it just a little bit more, um, you know, relatable. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, we might as well, uh, I kind of, you know, getting started with our episodes, introduce who the guest is or talk about them right away so people are not like, okay, they're just, you know having their their own little private conversation here is this actually gonna happen okay we do have a guest on the show yes yes we do we'll do some schmoozing uh just the two of us but we do have um the great now i want to know if he's is he from vancouver johnny no okay he's not no he's not um he's actually from kitchener ontario okay so we'll talk about that but johnny staub um was and and is i think still correct with Virgin Radio, or is he? Yes, he's with Virgin Radio right now. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. So he's he's kind of elusive because mm-hmm. he doesn't have a website, as far as I could see. Yeah, looking at his stuff right now, he doesn't at all. He's got an Instagram and a Twitter, and he's got, of course, like every other person, a Wikipedia page, I believe. Exactly. So yeah. interestingly enough, um, so anyway, he he's been a very um, uh, successful DJ for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bit of a TV personality and well, radio personality, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what I was reading here, which is pretty cool, is he was the youngest DJ at 22 in a major time slot in Vancouver, which is like mm-hmm. in Vancouver, BC, in Canada, which is huge. I mean, Vancouver is a, a big city in Canada, and to, at 22 years old, I mean, mm-hmm. and I believe, yeah, so that was Z95, which was what I was, you know, I feel like we're almost the same age, perhaps. Oh, he's he's a little bit older than me. A little but, bit older, but oh my god, Zed was like everything in Zed was everything in everything. Vancouver. Oh yeah, oh it was god. like popular pop station. I mean, there was rock in there too, and alter- some oh, alternative man. and stuff. Yeah, but like Zed, like Zed effects, where you guess the sound effects of random objects and you try to get call in, or like um, or what was the other one? Um, or oh, the bumper stickers where you can put the bumper stickers on your car, and if you got all three different colors, then you get prizes and stuff. Totally forgot about those things, yeah. and then. I just remember some of the like later night uh shows they had like with was it R- uh, rona raskin what's her name there was some like sex show they did let's talk sex maybe but it's yeah. like, the woman i believe and anyway there was it was just like it really defined my high school years that's totally her. and um totally. yeah so he was a he was a big part of that um and he's kind of bounced around from different stations Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's hosted, um, out TV's let's talk sex. And I think, is that what you just said? Yeah. That's what I was referring to. Yeah. Right. Right. So he's, um, he's openly gay and he's seems to be like a, a real, someone just to look, look up to. He's very open and, mm-hmm. and, um, seems that he's open to being vulnerable and that's kind of what we do on our podcast. So we're pretty stoked to have him and, and add something if you'd like hero. Sorry. I just, yeah. Kind of- no, no, no. That's good. I'm glad you you gave that little backfill. Um, I'm, I'll talk about this before it comes on because if he watches uh, if he watches this podcast back after, he'll be like, "Oh my god, that's so sweet." Um, okay, so Johnny, I have always looked up to. 
And not only just being in Vancouver, but also someone that seems like it's a genuine, really good hearted guy, which now I can clarify he definitely is just based mm-hmm. on what I've seen him portray himself to be and what his social media um, is all about. But no, when I was in high school, um, went to a small Jewish private high school and in the library, when I would have my own independent time to do my uh, work or my assignments and so forth, I would log on to our database and I would actually go on. I believe was, I think he might've been with the beat 94.5 for a little bit. I think he was for a little bit. Um, Cause I remember going to their website and actually going onto their internet radio. So you could st- live stream their radio. And yeah. so he would do the morning kind of afternoon kind of um, segment. And so there would always be like the nine or 10 songs that always cycle through. And it's really funny. I remember that Britney Spears break the ice was I that was trending at that time. <laughs> and um, and I think Shotty Get Loose as well. I think Lil Mama was in there as well. But anyways, my point is, is that I remember um, live chatting with him and saying, I love you so much. I look up to you a lot. I think you're cool. a you know, handsome, adorable person. Um, I'm in high school right now. Um, you know, you're you're talking and your uh, radio gets me through my my days at school and i remember writing back saying oh my gosh that's so sweet thank you so much i hope you're doing well and you know hang in there i know it's tough Mm. you know growing up gay and figuring it out and you know but know that it's going to get better things like that um and so i remember that really made a big impact in my um association with who he was but also knowing that there's people out there that are successful that are doing what they love and that are also queer and from Vancouver that you can be successful absolutely yeah Yeah. that's beautiful yeah you just you just reminded me back in those days um like (laughs) are you I know you're you're whole almost a whole decade younger than me but did you ever have mixtapes not cds yeah um cassettes and stuff were not necessarily they weren't necessarily used but i did have a tape player and i did actually have it when i was like five or six to play music to help me sleep actually that's what that's what my experience was with cds or uh see again i just said cds but with tapes that's okay no because i i distinctly remember in high school like listening to Zed and putting my my cassette tape in the tape player and then waiting until my favorite song came on, but you're never really quite sure when it's going to come on. Then you press record, then you record the song and then you stop because you don't really, no offense to the DJs, but you didn't really want their voices on there. You just wanted wanted them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you pause and then you wait for your next favorite song. And like, oh my God, it was a whole ordeal. Like you had to sit there and wait. And yeah, those times were fun. And I want to and I want to talk to Johnny about that too. Is the evolution of radio, the evolution oh God. of audio technology, um, how the the evolution of being a host or being a co-host, and and also with COVID, you know, does that really change radio production or does it not? Because you're you usually have distance from each other anyway, you know. There's a lot of things that I'm very curious about. Like, what what do you want to ask him about? What are you curious well, to dive into? I'm really like I just just because he was really in the the music scene during the time that I was really got into music in high school and right. in Vancouver, I'm, I'm curious to know, actually funny enough, I worked for a short amount of time at Sarah McLaughlin's record label called network records. Yeah. Um, and I, Oh my God, how old was I? That was, I must've been in my mid twenties. So maybe just after he finished with um, Zed, I'm not quite sure, but um, I, yeah, again, with the evolution, I, I actually am really curious to know if now I almost would feel like radio is getting more popular now again because people are spending more time at home. 
And they're, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm really curious. I do want to know about all those things, but I also really want to know about his life because yeah, exactly. um, he seems like a really interesting, cool, kind individual that um, is very, you know, open about what he stands for. And um, obviously people have looked up to him like yourself. So, you know, really curious to know where he's come from in his journey and, and um, yeah, cause people definitely have looked up to him in his life. So where has that led to him? today and um is he back in vancouver like i don't even know yeah he's in vancouver right now. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no he like he like he is currently the still and for a long time right now the one of the active co-hosts of the morning morning show of the of, of virgin that's what i thought but again like um googling <laughs> googling johnny we'll have to ask him you know he's a little bit elusive perhaps um but i did see one or two of his little interviews so yeah hmm. but for sure are you wearing pants today? I'm wearing pants today, yeah. Okay. I am. Yeah, I, I'm wearing fleece sweatpants that I slept in overnight. Oh my goodness. Is it cold again? Yes, yes it's cold. The heat up in your apartment. Yeah, it's up to like 10 or 15 degrees, believe it or not. That's that's not that's not very high. Well, it was at zero for a very long time, so. Gosh. Okay, we keep our house at like 21. Really? Oh yeah interesting it's weird like i don't like being overly hot though but i also don't like being overly cold i like it but just kind of like you know going locks of three bears just right fair enough like you know room temp yes okay yes. before he comes on what's on your lap yeah, i know hold on uh, uh, i'm just trying to get <laughs> it's not this is it a bottle of wine <laughs> you heard the clang didn't you yeah i heard the clang it, funny enough, they're sort of, sort of. Is it a catalog? It was, it was. So it's an empty bottle of wine. <laughs> you drank last night all to yourself and you're lonesome. No, funny enough, I actually haven't had wine in quite a while, but whiskey on the other hand, um, no, it is, it is not. But it used to be, no, it used to be a bottle of wine. It is no longer a bottle of wine so what is it now an empty bottle of wine wine <laughs> <laughs> a piggy bank no but good good guess oh a flower vase no but also good guess um a very uncomfortable flashlight oh jesus <laughs> no ouch Um, and a piece of art, uh, a re a reclaimed piece of glass. Sort of. You're so close with the with the flower vase, and then the reclaimed piece of art sitting. A paintbrush holder. No. A um. People do with with wine bottles these days. I don't know if you've seen this, but you could buy them in stores. A mason jar. <laughs> a kombucha bottle. No! Okay, you know what? Because just because what time is it? He'll be on 29. Okay, ready? Yes. This is one of my favorite wineries up here uh, that I used to work for, actually. Ready? Oh, you turned into a wine glass? Oh, a candle! <laughs> no, it's, um, I didn't do it. I bought it like this, but it's, it's been, um, cut and then obviously... Yeah down it's been filed so it's not as ouchy yeah, yeah. i've never seen that before no that's so cool 
This I I know this this is a thing, Hero. This is a thing. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, it's really neat. Um smells delicious. I bet so, it does. Well for doing that. So amazing. Oh look, he changed he changed environments. <laughs> Connecting to audio still. Aw. Works. Yeah, exactly. As I'm as I'm holding my my uh my candle holder. Oh, there we go. There he is. Hi. Hey, good morning. How are you, Johnny? Hold on one second. Okay. <laughs> my uh my phone for some reason defaults to Isn't She Lovely by Stevie Wonder, which is always kind of fun. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Incredible song. Incredible song. Um, Johnny, I just want to make sure that you know that we video this. You're Great. cool. And we're already recording. I like to just let our guests know that. Um, and we were just playing what's on your lap. So we're doing a new game now because everything is zoom and no one sees, no one sees, right? No one sees what's below your chesticles usually Yeah. <laughs> playing uh, like what's on your lap or are you, or are you wearing pants? So anyway, <laughs> well, I was, uh, you can see I was wearing pants. Yeah, and, uh, uh, such a disappointment. Shutters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, so funny. How are you? I'm good. I just finished work. I had a couple of things that I have to do today. So I feel like now's my like first time since 5 a.m. to be like, and have a nice discussion with you guys. Oh, well, we're so happy that you came on the show. And thank you for so being so gracious and receptive to when I reached out to you. It's really great to uh, see you a little bit in person, I guess, through a screen. At least well, thank for now. you for having so. me. This is great. I can't wait to talk about Jew all things Jewish. <laughs> we talk with the two bad Jews. So good luck. <laughs> I was hoping that you might have like a, a cousin named Shlomo and go to the mikvah. Oh my God, you're hilarious. Nah, I don't. I don't as well, believe it or not. No, no. But I, no. but my name is very, is pretty Jewish because it's Rachel Leah Rosen. And okay. Rosen used to be Rosen Spike before my grandfather came to Canada, right? So that's that because of being a Holocaust survivor, they did not like the ethnic sound of Rosen Spike. So he had to change it to Rosen. So. Steams and burns and all the above, yeah. Exactly, right. And then the burn steams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So we, we kind of did a little intro to you already prior to you hopping on. Great. Um, and Hero was gushing a little bit because he, I don't know, Hero, you, you might as well just quickly tell the story maybe again. Yeah, Johnny's like, what the fuck, dish? Um, okay, I'm here. Yeah, well, no, I remember that I was selling to you when I was reaching out to you that, well, again, as a fellow queer man in Vancouver, it's nice that people look up to and to kind of admire from when you're growing up. And I remember being in high school um, and I was in the library on the on the internet and you were doing, I think, you were you with the beat at a certain time, like in mid-2000s, late 2000s? Yeah, so I got there 2007 and then the beat became virgin in 2014, I think. Okay, so that's why, right. So I was, so that's basically when you came on and I remember that I was actually listening to your live cast and I was on the live chat and we were chatting a little bit. And oh. you, yeah, and so I remember saying to you like, you know, dude, keep doing what you're doing. It's great. And I was like trying to flirt with you. Um, <laughs> good luck. Um, but you were just like, oh my God, like thanks so much for your support. Um, hang in there. I know it's tough. It, it's going to get better. You know, trust, trust yourself. I know it's hard. 
someone like that. Yeah, and I'm so glad that was my response. I'm also really glad that I wasn't hitting on a teenage child, like when I'm a, clearly an adult. So that's yeah, good. exactly. Yeah, well, I'm far from being a teenager, so you're all good now. But um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely, I was definitely a minor at that point. Not by much, but still a minor. Yeah. So you, anyway, you know, like, can you remember back to that time? Were you going through a pretty tough time when you were growing up, like at that stage? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, not that this is, this is going to be the focus of our discussion, but I was in 10th, uh, I think it was 10th grade, which is horrible for anybody. I can't hear anyone that was good in 10th grade. Um, and then my brother passed from cancer a few years prior to that. So I was going through that. And then though I was completely out and gay, felt completely alone and not mentally in a place where I could commit suicide and I never can. I just don't have the chemistry for that. Thank God. But I would have had I had the ability to cause uh, self-harm. So that's where I was at. And I relied on, you know, media and queer media and also listening to your streams every day, actually, to be honest, uh, to get me through my days at school. Um, and wow. then from, that's yeah. wonderful. Oh my gosh. That's so heartwarming. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank wow. you. Yeah, so not, I mean, that, but that's the truth, though. Like, I'm, I don't bullshit. So then, and then I started researching a little bit about you and just kind of knowing your history and what you what you were mm -hmm. doing. And then, of course, you get older and you kind of forget about certain things. And radio wasn't as popular in the sense of like, because I wasn't being driven in my mom's car. I wasn't much of a radio listener. So you kind of forget. And then you realize when you get a certain age, you're like, holy shit, like, that was a huge part of my life. Why haven't I thought about that until now? And so that's kind of why I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to reach out to you on a whim and say, hey, no, another Vancouver queer individual and uh, have you on the show and just have a real conversation with you with myself and Rachel and just have an ability to know how you're doing, where have you come from and how did you get to where you are and who, who are you beyond anything that people know you for? Just who are you at the core? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, well, first and foremost, thank you. Um, and just to let you know, like, there's no topic off the table. So you guys ask whatever you like. It's as much of an open book as I can make it. Great. Awesome. That's what we like to do. <laughs> I am too. Open heart, open mind, open soul. So yeah. cheers to that. And with that being said, then, I guess, just diving right in, um, I, I kind of, well, not a kind of, I first read, this is not super, this is not a secret. I first read that you um, were the youngest DJ at 22 to be on a major um, radio station in Vancouver. Is that correct? Something like that? Yeah. So I was, I think I was 21 when I got hired in Vancouver. Yeah. And uh, I was working in Calgary. My boss from that station moved to Vancouver and then took me subsequently like four months later. Wow. And I was like the younger person to do a major market, major time slot at 21. Amazing. And, and sorry, like in Vancouver or like in, okay. No, 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 in Vancouver. I'm sure there's lots of really talented, way more talented people than me. <laughs> I doubt it. Not with your kind of heart and soul. Uh, yeah, I mean, and it was exciting. I mean, I was, I was really young and I was, I was moving up the ladder very, very quickly. And then getting that beautiful title, I also got dismantled within 10 months and kicked off. So, really? yeah. Yeah, so that's also part of that journey. Like you hear about all these like success stories. You're like, oh yeah, I'm young and I'm doing it. And I got drive and motivation, and then I got the axe. Huh? And what was the reason for that specifically? Um, so I think there was a couple of things. I had mono at age 21, kissing too many Vancouver boys, I suppose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and I was off work during a, a pretty pivotal spring period, and when I came back, they they let me go. Um, 
Mm. I probably had some attitude issues. I probably was very high on myself at that time. Not probably, I was. I was, uh, you know, you're doing this sharp incline without your family around. And I think I had a much bigger head than I deserved at that point. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and I think they really wanted to teach me a lesson. So they, they cut me dry, gave me two weeks severance. And I was like, whoa, what just happened? And it was like mm. an absolute identity loss. Because at that point, I started when I was 17. And then at around 21, like that was my identity and that was my acceptance. And after being bullied and treated differently all my mm -hmm. life, I found something I was really good at. And then I wasn't worthy of that. And I mm -hmm. think that's, it really caused a huge identity crisis at that point. Wow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So do you overcome that then? And, or what, what was the next step after that? I mean, I'm sure it was, it took a long time. I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. I, I, had to like sell furniture to pay rent. I um, wasn't getting a lot of offers at that point to work anywhere else, especially in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And I just saw this very slow decline. The only thing that really saved me was a weekend job and nighttime, like overnight. So starting at midnight till 5 a.m. in mm -hmm. Edmonton. Oh. <laughs> like, oh no, but it was so good. It was actually, it was a, it was a great experience. Um, Although I do like to say I got sentenced to Edmonton because um, it's not my favorite place. It's a it's there's a lot of beauty and the people are great, but I didn't I didn't love living that far north. Yeah, yeah. Old and it was really far to get home to Ontario where my family is. Yeah. So I liked Calgary better because there was nonstop flights, but Edmonton you always have to hop on a couple of flights. That's true. Sorry, Alberta. Sorry, Alberta. But <laughs> it's lovely. And you got, they got great festivals and the River Valley is beautiful. And like I said, the people there are just outstanding people. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no for sure. Sense. But it's interesting, though, when you're talking about, you know, there's always these silver linings, these blessings and disguises, right? And how you can have these other opportunities that don't necessarily add up to where you are now. But in some ways, they're a part of how you got to where you are now as well. Oh, absolutely. I think that's what at this stage of my life, I'm more recognizing of like when I'm going through a hard time, I'm constantly looking for those silver linings I'm like, okay, that didn't work out. But what am I learning from this? What is the lesson? What have, what, what have I not learned or what have, what do I continue to not learn? I've got to exactly. keep looking for those. And I think that's been really helpful for anybody. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, especially yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I can say, I think with COVID, and I know everyone's tired of talking about COVID, but, you know, in a, in a way, people have connected with their families more. Um, you see a lot of, like, family Zoom nights of games, like, from all across the country. Um, yeah, you check in on friends differently. Maybe you learn to cook more. Like, there's all these different things that happen from a pandemic like this. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe recognizing some things that still work for you and things that are just old script. And you're like, I just want to get rid of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the amount of people that I know that, um, for example, have have tried therapy for the first time in their lives, which to me is like an incredibly positive. Um, and incredibly helpful for, so for those that have, you know, or, I mean, here, when I talk a lot about mental health, because we both have a lot of mental health challenges and we are We're both fucked up. <laughs> can I join? Yes. Can you please come over here? I got lots of space in my apartment. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Okay, sure. We're both totally fucked up. Um, <laughs> things as, <clears throat> as, as a human being is, uh, when it comes to anyway. Okay. You, I lost my train of thought now. So, uh, no, my I guess my point is that for the first time, we're starting to see people who have never maybe had these challenges or, or weren't open about having challenges or just weren't open to talking about them. Now it's being talked about. 
And so for me, like that, I think that's one of the most positive things that's come out of this whole, this whole thing. Um, although on the flip side, people are definitely dealing with things, more mental health challenges than they ever have before. So, um, you know, there's a lot more, I guess, attempted suicide and, and those kinds of things that have been going on lately. So that's, you know. Yeah, and, and you know what you said too, a lot of these families aren't able to go to funerals and stuff. So it's like, yeah, weddings, mm -hmm. nothing you that you die in and want at that point, the admiration. But I think that's also another moment to say, like, I shouldn't do this. Like not everyone that loves me will even have a chance to say goodbye or at least mm -hmm. goodbye together, which we probably need during that time. And again, like if you are going through, if anyone's watching this going through something really hard and, and like, please reach out for help. Like that's, that is definitely not the answer. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and just know more and more and more people are, are coming out saying you are not alone because you're not alone. Mm -mm. Absolutely. No, nope. so nope. we're not alone. And it's important to identify the fact that there are so many ways to help and to outreach. And, you know, this is kind of the blessing and the curse of social media platforms is the ability to know there are supports out there. There are people that are there to help you. There are people on the street that are willing to help you too. If you just open up and you speak, regardless if they can't see your mouth, they're still going to know that something's wrong if they're at least kind of fucking awake, yeah. you know? But people in Vancouver uh, don't tend to really reach out to people a lot in the streets. If you look at them, it's like, why are you looking at me? You psychopath got to get away from me, right? Like they don't really have that sense of connectedness. And that's hard when you feel like you're trying to reach out for help. And if you don't have the access to social media platforms and you're looking in person in during a pandemic, where do you go? Where do you find that connection, right? People lean on different sources that might not be as effective or helpful. That's right. And here, I'll give you a little radio story. This is great. It's, you know, people in Vancouver on the streets. We, uh, was it last year or two years ago, we got like $1,000 to give away for Chinese New Year. And we put $5 bills in all these red envelopes. And my coworkers, <clears> here, <throat> Molly, yes, we sent them to the street. And I was in home base. And they're trying to hand out these envelopes. And they're like, no, no, no. Or they take them and try and throw them away. We're like, no, there's money in there. So like another good example. Like, So we didn't do that again, mind you. But we, uh, it, that's another great example. Like even if you are trying to be helpful, sometimes you're not gonna get the reaction that you want from people on the street. So I always encourage people to find that one person in your life, whether it's a friend or a teacher, a family member, also somebody that can hold the story because not everyone can has the you know, capability of holding your story. Yes. And, um, and, and, and have that person that you can have on speed dial. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we just said the exact same time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like I so agree. You're so right. Oh my god, life is good. I just <laughs> back. We're gonna we're gonna flip flop a lot between years and time frames and stuff um, because you know time's not linear. We'll just go back and forth. Um, exactly. So uh, no, back to uh, what you were saying about you know perhaps being humbled. I guess by the fact that you were let go from Z95. I'm assuming that's. I was fired. Okay. I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, and, okay. This isn't what I was going to say, but like, um, and I, I'll just age myself. I was born in 83. So in high school, I mean, Zed was like, was everything was yep. huge. Like I was saying to hero before you hopped on, like, you know, in, in the times of cassette tapes, I would like put my cassette tape in my player and then hit record when the song came on and then paused it. And then no offense to you, but I was saying like the DJ's voice is like, I don't want their voices on there. Like make sure it's like the right timings, the song is finished. And then, you know, you wait and wait. And it was a whole ordeal, right? It was a whole, oh, yeah. the mixtape. And that was, and Z95 was, was huge. Like, 
huge. It was huge. Like, it was a huge goal of mine too when I moved to the West Coast from Ontario. Like I used to stream said, and I was like, this mm. is the best station ever. It sounds so fly. It is exactly what I want to do. I was like, I yeah. listen to their DJs. I try to emulate them. Yeah. Uh, if funny enough, you move to Vancouver, you get a job at Z95 and their studios are still in Richmond. So, Oh my God, I remember that. Yeah. So it was like, and I did evenings, so it took me like almost an hour to go in the flow of rush hour traffic. Yeah to get there for a six o'clock shift. So I was I was actually kind of sad that it wasn't downtown because mm -hmm. it was so Vancouver and then yeah. it's in the shopping plaza. Like they're like in Richmond. So yeah. I remember that. I remember that. So funny. Cause, yeah. Cause on, cause on that note, I remember a few little sides that I have from Zed is that, cause again, my brother and my mother and I, we all listen to Zed and we used to go to school in Richmond. So we'd always listen on the way back in carpool. Right. And so of course, a couple of things that people know for Zed, Zed effects, like huge, huge contest. Right. And so I remember calling and I was like 10, I don't know, use my mom's cell phone. And I was so excited to get through and to guess and I'm freaking out on the phone. And then I'm like, mom, I got it. I got it. And then I'm like, wait, but there's no effect to guess or whatever. And it's like, and then I put it on speaker. It's like, thank you for calling FedEx. What? <laughs> and I'm thinking, what the fuck? So, yeah. you know, you went something, you lose some. And the second one is that was, um, was the bumper sticker challenge you guys had for several years. I mean, that was huge. <laughs> Absolutely huge. That was like such a childhood highlight for me. I still can't believe that people would purposely drive through to McDonald's get different colored stickers that mm -hmm. matched for that week and would put them like, and there's still, if you see some really old cars, sometimes you see them and like, that was marketing genius. So uh, I genius. Worked, I worked with the woman that that actually uh, did that whole uh, promotion and she was a great promotions director. Her name was Carrie. And, uh, and still to this day, I'm like, I can't believe that you were able to get people to get three different colored stickers yes. to slap on the back in order to qualify. Like it was really, really genius. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Anyways, this had the metro side before I forget. That that was genius. Major memories of mine. Absolutely. I just I I think that what triggered for me is what you were telling talking about. You know, wanting uh, not that he may be having a bit of an attitude. You were saying about like now I've made it, and you know, um, you know your name is out there now for everybody, and and then you were kicked down a notch. Well. Um, you know, it's funny, we actually just had a conversation or a chat with uh, Jay Rodriguez, who is the, the OG uh, queer eye guy, and he's phenomenal, such a great guy. Um, and he was ta just talking about stories that people don't realize how fucking tough it is. It's, it's not like someone just gives you a, a golden ticket and then it's like, okay, you know, this is your life now. So he was telling a story, which is crazy. He's like, you know, I got this queer eye gig and he was the youngest one on the whole uh, team. And um, what did he say? Like within a year after being on that show, it just blew up. And then they were on the cover of this magazine and that magazine and he couldn't pay his rent still yep. after a year. He was, he was being interviewed by, I think he said like, you know, Oprah wanted them and Ellen. And he's like, yeah, but I fucking like, I couldn't like, people don't see the behind the scenes and what's, what's the reality. And they just put you on this shiny pedestal where I think these days that's the mask is starting to be pulled off just because mm -hmm. of social media and all those things. It is. So, so with that being said, like at such a young age, cause you said you were like 21 or so and social media was Facebook a thing then yet? No, no. definitely not. At the end of my Edmonton sentence. I could. <laughs> I love it. I'd say 2006, 2007. Yeah. It was 2006 when everyone went on. Yeah. 2001 is when I worked like, I think it was the summer of 2000 to 2000. 
No, no, I was there at 9-11, so it must have been 2001. Okay. Yes, okay. Yeah. I was on the air at, at Zen when that happened, which was also a really interesting time. It's interesting that like my career, I've been there. I was on the air when Michael Jackson died. I was on the air when Anna Nicole Smith died. Like I actually got to break news to a top mm. audience, a young listening audience at many points in my career, right? So um, it, it's inter it's like my Dateline timeline. I can always tell like, where was I when this happened? Because mm. I remember what station I was at because I had to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I feel like you seem like a pretty humble guy and a pretty, like, I don't know, maybe you're not, but you seem like you, you appear that way. So I feel like, like, did that experience kind of kick you in the pants right away? And you've kind of tried to, yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think, uh, I would be the person I am today without some of those harder experiences. And that's mm -hmm. the thing we talk about, but <laughs> definitely I, I, you still want to have your spice. You still want to have fun. But you, I learned a long time ago, your talent level has to exceed your bullshit level. And if it changes, you're in trouble. So mm -hmm. it really made me work on that ego a lot better. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's interesting. And to touch on that, when you talk about the ego, would you say that you, that you have an ego? Or would you say that you have an ego that's in balance with everything else in your life? Because it's very easy for people to have an ego yeah. and kind of have it be elevated and maybe justified at that. But also, where do you find you are in the balance? And what are some lessons you've learned through these years <laughs> as you've matured, right? Like it's, yeah. But it's true, though. Like, it's just reality. We all have, we all have egos. <laughs> it's healthy to have egos. It is, you know, I would love to say it's in balance. You know, I have to work on it all the time. I wish I, I wish I was like calm, easygoing, pleasant, that, you know, I didn't get hurt or offended. Uh, I, I honestly have to check myself often and, and if I'm like, they did me wrong or I feel angry. Um, I have to be like, that's your ego. It's not mm -hmm. necessarily what, what is going on. So I have to like, have to really work at it. Not to say that I've got some giant head. I, I certainly recognize my confidences and the things I'm good at. But, uh, oh, yeah, ego, ooh, it's, it's still an ongoing process. I don't know if I'll ever master it, honestly. I don't, it's, it's a tough one. It's kind of, I don't even know if we should want to master it. Because it's like, then, then what, what's, what is going to keep you humble? What's, what is going to bring you back is, is kind of like the ego when it does kind of pop up and rear its ugly head. It's like, well, you got to keep learning from certain lessons. So that's kind of a, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost sort of nice to have it there all the time, a little bit. Yeah. And I think the, the complete asshole, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it comes to ego too, the ego says like, I'm different, I'm unique, I'm this and that, which are all true. Yeah. But your ego also has to quiet down for you to remember I'm the same as you. I have the same hurts. I can still do, I can hurt other people. Um, I'm capable of all the other things that other people do as well. And so that's where you have to really get your ego in check, at least in my opinion, so that yep. if someone does hurt you or betray you or um, disappoint you, instead of taking it so personally, you can be like, we are all under the same system. So I can- Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for, for me, it's like, and I was just gonna say, sorry, I keep hopping in here, but the, like, there's a lot to be said, and I feel like you kind of touched on this a little bit about being bullied as a younger kid. And both, I mean, I, I can attest to that. I think a lot of people can attest to that, but on different levels. But um, the, you know, hard hard not to want to go back to that period and and react like that younger self, right, with the trauma that you experienced, perhaps. So, so tell me a bit about Johnny as a kid, or how did you, I don't know, maybe here I wanted to ask this question too, but like, how did you, 
how did you really get to wanting to be on radio? Like where, I mean, I'm sure there was a process or what. Yeah. I, what you did. Little Johnny, I can speak before even radio, little Johnny is a very <laughs> sensitive soul that is still in this human giant 41 year old body. Um, very sensitive, artistic, not very coordinated per se, learned very differently than most children. So I, um, not a learning disability, just the ability to learn differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm an oddball I'm, and that's okay. It's great. Um, yeah. Cheers that's to what I love about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I can make little different voices and I could pick up on tones and people and emulate them and yeah. uh, mimic. And, um, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of a bit of a weirdo. Um, but also again, didn't have like specifically a talent set that some, like some people are great at math or languages, um, or they know ahead of time that they have some real specialty. My specialty was just kind of being myself, which sounds like a Kardashian, but it's not. Um, it's not, I get it. So, yeah, so when I got to high school, it's one of my favorite stories ever. <clears throat> I was good, I was the only class I did well in was like drama and marketing. I uh, was gonna go into college for marketing. My mother was like, do not, this is not you. You are a creative person. My dad was like, you know, don't go into the creative arts, go into business. So big confliction. Hmm. And when I was in my last year of high school, I did morning announcements and it was on Wednesdays. And again, the story, it holds true. One of the homeroom teachers that wasn't my own said to me, whenever you do Wednesday morning announcements, it's the only time that my students listen. They sit and they listen. Oh. Have you ever thought about radio? And I, I loved the radio growing up. I did homework to it. And so I looked it up in the pamphlets in my you know, the, uh, the office where you could kind of like learn was yeah. guidance counselor office. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, so, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So I looked it up and it was like dental hygiene, the concept of the English language. Um, I was like, great, no math or science I'm in. Mm-hmm. And so I applied to five different colleges, did all of my dossiers and portfolios and got into, I think three out of the five. Wow. Awesome. It's amazing. And and you got into them for? So I took the radio and television program at Conestoga College. I was 17. I just graduated high school in June, started in September. Um, I was one of the younger people in my class, so I was 17. But I really wanted to do television. I loved like much music and MTV. Uh, yeah. But again, I was I had big ears and I had a lot of uh, acne. Um, at the time, so they're like, no, uh, and but radio, I could do radio, good acne face, big ears, <laughs> right. so that was good, yeah. Right, right, no, for sure, and one thing I wanted to say as well, kind of about touching about your childhood is that, um, I don't know if people have said this too, but again, I'm a total weirdo too, and I say shit that people don't think about, but the first time that I you came onto camera this morning, and I looked into your eyes, even though, you know, cameras are hard to, per, per, you know, perceive, I see you as you were born. Oh. I can see through you in a meaningful way. And I can see little Johnny right now. And in the way you described how you saw yourself as a smaller child, I can see that spirit right now. That no time has passed. You are who you are. And you're a culmination of the experiences that are right now. 
and that spirit is definitely in you. I can see it. There's a wow. light. There's a lightness there, and I just saw them like, yeah, that's him. This is him right now. <clears throat> wow, that's like, woo. yeah, no kidding. That's I, I got it. I got entranced by that. I'm like, <laughs> no, I, 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 I see you. I, Rachel, I has feel he ever you. Said that about any other guests, Rachel? Has he said about any other guests? Well, let's see. Who do we have on last week? Yes, yes. You know, just kidding. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. He really has it. That's why I, I got stopped in my tracks. I was like, "What? What is he? What?" That's a that's a really beautiful thing to say, and I and I take that very very gently and warmly. So thank you, Hero. That's that means a lot. I you know I think for a lot of us and those watching right now too. There's been times in our lives where we want to be something different. We don't, I don't want these quote unquote gifts. I want someone else's gifts. I want to be something different. Mm -hmm. And the more you just kind of lean into like, oh, this is who I am. This is who, who runs the world. This is who puts their face out there. This is who I am. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and put all these masks on or try and. Yeah. Or not. And the more you do that, the more in alignment. It shows. Well, it's funny. It's, it's interesting because I've spent a lot of this pandemic time, we'll just put it that way, um, really looking, I mean, a lot of us have looked inwards more than we probably have wanted to as well, but realizing that I've spent my whole life pretty much um, thinking that being an overly sensitive person was such a negative thing that I've always tried to push myself so hard to be that extrovert, even though I pretty much have been uncomfortable doing it my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like it has not been comfortable, but I've pushed myself and pushed myself and pushed myself. And, you know, there, there's such a, um, I, for some reason, there's an idea around being overly sensitive that that is, um, a, that's, that means that you basically have like a broken leg, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Why, like, I don't know who, who taught us these things. I don't know that that's not strength. Like it's not, it's a weakness. Um, I don't know if you can attest to that or you can if that's familiar, a familiar sense feeling, but I, cause you did mention the fact that, that well, you're a person. So as my, uh, I still call her my mother-in-law as my mother <laughs> says, she's like, you're a, you're a very sensitive person. Um, and I, and all my life I have been, it's, it's not, yeah. a Me too. I hold it as a badge of honor. Now, mind you, for those of us that are very easily taken down when we're sensitive, there is, there is some personal responsibility to put up a bit of a veneer a see-through one, so you still see me, but a protective veneer yeah. is still, oh, yeah. still part of your accountability. You mm -hmm. still have to be accountable. But um, no, being sensitive is great. You're mm -hmm. so in tune, and it's it's a beautiful thing. And yes, it does sometimes feels like dragging your broken leg, but certainly yeah. uh, at least you got a leg. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hoping yeah, several. So, so I, oh, I, I celebrate all of us that are the super sensitive souls because we are the ones yeah. that really, truly kind of float and see. We float and see a lot more. No, you're right, though. And again, I, my mom was always such like, like, Hero, you're an HSP. Like, you're a hypersensitive person. And I am. I, my anxiety and my mental health have been such a huge uh, part. God, my hand looks weird like that. Um, it's been <laughs> such a huge um, concept of understanding how you show up in the world. And one of the gifts I've had to learn that is what I have, and I think you can attest to this, too. I think all three of us can, is the ability to see someone as they are to acknowledge what they are and know how you see them from your own perception, whether if they 
see it or not, but you are not afraid to be vulnerable and raw because that's how you are. That's honestly how you are. And a lot of people are not like that at all. So you just need to own the fact that you are like that and that it's a gift and that if people don't understand it or want to take you down, which I've been burned many times because of just being myself, maybe you have too, fuck them because they're not ready to receive love from the way that you've received it by yourself or from those that have raised you to be the way you are. Absolutely. I say run, run. Yeah. Just because you're sensitive and you're in tune and you can tell and you accept does not mean that I have to accept you. I can see you. I can see you for who you are. I do not need to take you on. Exactly. Go the other direction. And that is perfectly okay. Totally okay. Let them do their own journey. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I wanted to also ask you, because you were talking about, um, again, your childhood. And I do want to know more about your childhood in your parents or family, uh, the school system, you're living in Ontario, and then also um, your, I don't like saying someone's identity, but in terms of your sexuality, gender, your image, yourself of who you are, I mean, we're unpacking a lot of things here, of course, we're unpacking a lot, but at the same time, I'm curious, yeah, I'm curious to know, you know, who is, who are you, you know, like, uh, we know a little bit about your career right now and we'll come back to it, but let's kind of segue back into, you know, before I was even alive, uh, what was it like for you before I popped out of my mom's room? Feel old. Jesus. <laughs> Age is just a number. Age is just a number. I'm way closer. I'm only a couple years younger than you, Johnny. So I'm, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. This is spring chicken. I don't know. <laughs> is on the screen oh fuck no i'm an old soul bitch i feel like i'm already <laughs> decrepit and dead i'm training 29 in three weeks i feel like i'm training 45 so don't even get me started as i said oh that's great you know what i'm i just turned 41 and i feel 29 sometimes awesome. exactly so we're meeting in the middle perfect it's like benjamin yeah, so button style. i was born in i was born in the 70s uh i grew up outside of windsor ontario uh my mom and dad were married for uh tw- 17 years 17 years and uh I have an older sister who mm-hmm. um, is kind of like a non-conforming. She's female, but non-conforming. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's great. So we grew up all together as a family unit. And then when I was seven, we moved from that area to London, Ontario. So as a kid, it's kind of tough. I don't really know where, when people say, where are you from? I'm like, I kind of moved in the formative years. So mm. born and raised in a very loving, extended family all around Windsor, Ontario. The story goes that I found out later in life. My parents were separating, were having a hard time when I was in grade two. And uh, part of that was that the my paternal grandparents and my father made a lot of decisions and my mom was along for the ride. And she was like, that's not marriage. We need to get away from your parents and uh, we need to start our own lives or else the marriage is over. I'm like, so they decided to own a business in London, Ontario. They moved us out there. We had no family, I had no friends. I'd never been to London. So that part of like kind of um, going to a whole new city, going to a new school system. I was raised in the Catholic school system. Mm. Um, I I had a really, and again, being a kind of bizarre kid and I didn't really have like a sport that I played or anything. So I I didn't make friends easily. I got teased a lot. Um, Mm. And yeah, it was a pretty, that's a pretty traumatic time in my life too, where it's kind of like all the foundations were rocked. My mother was really unhappy. Again, I didn't know what was going on, but that was the story that I learned later. But that decision really changed the trajectory of my sister and I, as we had to like redo all mm. of our lives along with this little family unit. They ended up getting divorced when I was in grade eight. 
Uh, and subsequently, mm. they, my dad's been married three times now, and my mom's married twice. Hmm. I see. Interesting. Yeah. And then when, when did you make your way uh, out west? How old were you? You said 20? I was, uh, so I, was, I just turned, I was about to turn 18. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, so I was in college. Uh, I was a three-year program. At the beginning of the third year, I had been working at a radio station locally. And it was a big station, too. It was, like, one of the biggest radio stations in Kitchener and Waterloo, which is the south side of Toronto. Yeah. Um, I, I was moving up the ranks. I did the traffic reports. And then I did weekends. I did mm -hmm. late nights. And uh, finally, uh, there was a job offer for Vernon. So that was – I applied. Did you say, sorry, did you just say Vernon? Vernon, BC. That's where I live. That's where I am right now. <laughs> oh, a long time ago, there was a station called 94 CJIB. I've only been here for three years. Okay. So I, I sorry, but <laughs> we moved, my husband and I moved from Vancouver like three and a half years ago because we were just fucking sick of the big city. Yeah, yeah. thanks guys. Thanks for leaving me in the mainland. I, I miss you. I really do. I miss a shut up. <laughs> Okay, Hero doesn't exist right now. I love you. Um, but no, yeah, anyway, I love the Okanagan. I mean, we just, we wanted we wanted a house. We wanted just a slower pace of life. But anyway, yes. Yeah. I, I was there before the Walmart because that was the big, we didn't like Walmart, uh, small businesses. And there's, I don't know if it's still there, Red Top Grocery and Footwear. It's just a boot store now. It's just, it's no grocery. It's a great shoe store, actually. So when I was there, it was called Red Top Grocery and Footwear. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it was, I honestly, I got, I, I left Ontario. I never lived out of, outside my mother's home. Moved on my own uh, at age 18. Had to find an apartment, had to do all this stuff. Like I had no help. Like, oh. I mean, people at the radio station helped me, but mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. And um, moved to this like Wonka, <laughs> I was like, where am I? It's beautiful mountains, but it, I was really confused. Um, the only thing open at night was Boston Pizza and 7-Eleven. Uh, yeah, I was like, where am I? I had no clue what I was doing. Wow. But it was great. It was like, it was like boot camp. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So and how long were you in Vernon for then? A couple. So I signed for a year and then within yeah. six months, um, a boss that has followed me to this day, his name is James he heard me traveling through the Okanagan, driving from Kelowna to, I think, Calgary or Edmonton. And he had heard me on the air, and they had an opening in Calgary. Oh, and wow. I said yes to the job in Bergen. They said, listen, sometimes people treat us like a farming team. They try and pluck our talent. You know, if a big city came, would you take the job? I said, oh, no, sir. I am devoted to the... <laughs> Please. So I got the call in March. I got there in September, left by March. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. And went to Calgary. So then I was in Calgary. Yep. From Calgary, that's when I got hired to Z95 in Vancouver. Ten months later, got fired. <laughs> to Edmonton for five years. Then back to Vancouver now for 13. Wow. wow. So you, okay. So then you went, but you went back to the station that was Z, correct? No, so it's that? Sorry. Virgin and Zed had an affiliation. Okay. My company, Bell, bought. Uh, they bought the Virgin brands and they put it onto the beat. Right, yes. So kind of removed it. 
So I never went back to Zed, although I went to Virgin. It's a, it's kind of convoluted, but yeah. Yeah, I remember that because there was a rebranding process that was happening for a while. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, Crave 94. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, like, this <laughs> is so not, this is so not right. This is so not right. So then it was like, oh, it's the new Zed. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and we, I think we all really loved the Beat brand. It was, it was so fun and, and vibrant. Um, yeah. Virgin brand was just new and we had to adjust to it just like yeah. any, any changes. But uh, yeah, we, we've been Virgin now for about six years, seven years. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And also what's interesting is that again, when my brother was alive, one thing, well, the only thing that Zach, my brother and I shared in common was gaming. And where the Beat office is now, if it's still there, um, was a video game arcade called Score. And that building is where we would go all the time. My mom would drive us and we'd have our game cards and play these. <laughs> I like that's so when I saw the beat was I'm like, huh, amazing how spaces evolved. This is crazy. You guys are still down near Concord Pacific, right? Am I mistaken? Am I confusing you, you that? You know why? The building has been demolished. Sadly. Oh. Yeah. How do I not know that? I live like around the corner. Anyways, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's all good. So interestingly enough, those offices were the Vancouver Grizzly offices. So when you went to the beat, they oh. had like paws on them. Oh, really? Um, old ownership, yeah. And they were beautiful. I remember before she was my co-host, I met Nira there once, and I was like, these, they was, these oversaw Science World and all that area. Um, yeah. No, it's since, been, it, it's since been demolished. We moved to West 2nd for a while, and now we're right above the uh, Victoria's Secret on Burrard and Robson. No oh. way. That's crazy. So I'm at Smythe and Richards, so I'm just a few blocks away. But I... Didn't include into that you guys were above there. That's so close by. You were at one point then fairly close to Network. No? Network? Yeah. Yes. Second, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I, I worked at Network for a short amount of time. So I have a I have a little bit of experience in the music industry. A little bit. I actually... A schmeckle amount. Schmeckle, a schmeckle amount. A little bit. Um, <clears throat> but during the time that I was actually there was when Terry McBride was refocusing to yoga or focusing on yoga, why yoga? And then people were being laid off and things were changing in the industry. So my question is, you've seen a lot of that change, a lot um, mm. throughout the years. So- The evolution. The evolution, like what has happened, just cause we're gonna get to today's day, what's happened with the pandemic? Like what, what the hell are you guys doing now? Are you going into the office? And not only that, I was thinking, is radio becoming more popular now because more people are at home and i don't know like i was just wondering what what's the trend in the history on <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm not the expert on more of the on-air person but i can certainly give you my opinion on it yeah yeah. yeah that's what we want yeah i think radio has been one of those really selective medias that is has remained free you don't have to give your data to use it huh. um, mm -hmm. you have to sit through commercials is the is the sad part for the listener although we try and make them entertaining so you'll buy the product. But um, it's still the, one of the last remaining free mediums and it's still one of the last remaining local ways, right? Like you can listen to a podcast that's based out of Minneapolis or something or you know, different music on a Spotify playlist, but you, you certainly miss out on certain, on certain local um, aspects of it. So for us, mm -hmm. we've seen an uptick, which has been like awesome because radio has been in a decline. We know that. Um, mm -hmm. It's certainly a contracting industry, not an expanding one. However, they are finding new expansive ways to connect our audience back in or utilize different platforms, whether it's like we're with iHeartRadio, there's all these different podcasts and platforms. Right. Um, 
You can stream through the iHeartRadio app, any one of our 147 radio stations. Um, yeah, there's, there's just like all different ways. When it comes to the studios, uh, one of us is working from home every day. So, oh, okay. Which I prefer. I, I don't like being in studios, to be honest. I love working from home. <laughs> I bet. Sorry, and is the one you that's working from home? <laughs> or? No. You must cycle. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's interesting because I think, uh, you know, the women that I work with are awesome. They, um, if I'm being truly honest, though, when they're at home, you got to remember they have children. Right. They have children over at home. So they don't, like, they probably enjoy more. This is just my, I, I think, I don't think I'm wrong with this. I think they enjoy the fact they get a drive by themselves. Yep. Get some time with some adults. Mm-hmm. Have more time to drive by themselves with a little bit of alone time. Yeah. And then go back to being mommy. Um, I think if they didn't have children, maybe they were like a daycare or something. It would mm-hmm. be a much more yeah. experience because it's a bit quieter. It's nice. But if you have children running around and a husband trying to, you know, help out and you can't really help because you're on the air. I'm sure it's a lot more stressful than my situation. I'm like, Jordan's sleeping. I'm in a room with coffee. <laughs> it's enjoyable. It's like being in a mikvah. It's just... <laughs> love it. Know, it's just fabulous. Yeah, so... Oh, I love that. You grew up with a lot of... Did you grow up with a lot of Jewish friends? No, but I'm intrigued by the culture. I just love it. I, lo- I like Mayim Bialik, one of your <laughs> leaders. Um, I no, love... Yes, I love her. I love Maya Bialik, and I just me too. I, I love I love everyone's cultures. I love learning about Italian culture. So with you guys, I know the challah bread, and you get these beautiful candelabras <laughs> known as the as the menorah. Right, like it's fantastic. I love I love Jewish culture. Well, that's great. We actually had a guest. I know Rachel's going to talk about this. Say that. Yeah, I know exactly. Aquarian minds think alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a couple, maybe like six weeks ago, we had a guest on um, Idan Chabasov, who is the challah prince, and he lives in Berlin, and he's from Israel originally. So he would talk about the challah and about Jewish traditions and stuff. So if that's of interest to you, and you haven't checked that out, I think you yeah. might appreciate it. He's also queer, which is really neat too. So he talks about is coming out in um, in Israel and in Europe and kind of all those different things that go on with uh, culture and clash of identity. So he's a really cool guy to check out. I can't wait to see his bread designs because you know we can bread good if you're queer. So he's got that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. I I have no psychomotor skills or anything like that. So he's great. But you know what? Yeah, we know how to use our hands. We're very dexterous. Yes. <laughs> and I love a good kosher product. So you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. I always wanted to meet like an old lady that's like, come on, Morty. Like, I just love that kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. That's so. Funny. Met my grandfather. Holy oh. Toledo. Holy Toledo, that man. He's, uh, and he would flirt with all the waitresses and the restaurants and was just so open to like telling all of his stories all the time. And yeah, there's, yeah, that generation is missed for sure. Yeah. I have such mad respect for it. So, um, and interestingly mm-hmm. enough, I, can I tell you this really quickly? I had a psychic appointment for my birthday. My boyfriend bought it for me because uh, every year I go to a psychic. Uh, so I'm Ooh. And uh, and she, she was asking about him and she's like, hold on, wait a second. I'm having a vision, you know, that type of thing. And she's like, he was like a, oh my gosh, what's the word? A cantor. Do you guys know what a cantor yeah, is? Yeah, of course. Yeah. She's like, yeah, it's the clearest vision. Does your boyfriend sing? I'm like, badly. <laughs> <laughs> Perform. I'm like, no. She's like, he was a cantor. He's like, and I'm like, what? So then I go, 
hey, Jordan, do you know you were a cantor? He goes, the horse with the man? I said, no, that's a centaur. <laughs> and you got the ringlets and the, ah, uh, yeah. So, oh my gosh. so I feel like now I'm also dating a Jewish man from a right. Right, Eddie, but he's, yeah, from a past life, I was going to say, because that was my next question, is he also Jewish? But I'm guessing not. Yeah, I mean, I, if you look down his pants, Jewish. Right, but, exactly. That's what matters. Trust me, that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah, always a snip, always. I can't stand men that are uncircumcised. Sorry, gentlemen, it's not your fault. This is how I was fucked up in my religion. Oh, wow. <laughs> Clean. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So much easier. It's just like, ready to go, out of the chute. Mm. Perfect. Oh, I love both. I, you know what? I'll take any, whatever way it comes. Um, right, exactly. Love you it. Know what the word schmeckle is? No. Okay, penis. so that's your Jewish word. It means penis. Schmeckle. Mm. Your schmeckle. Your schmeckle. Oh my god! You see, so on radio, it's funny. You, you try and find like different ways to say things. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. Like, say, I would never call somebody a bitch or no. slut. Like you, Jezebel. You know, you try and find like yes. Like, you say schmeckle. Well, he got a schmeckle out. Yeah, exactly. And you said it perfectly. And there's many different ways of saying penis or cock in Yiddish. Like there's like 20 different ways to do it. So just Google it and you'll get a lot of good vocabulary. Schmeckle. I'll remember Schmeckle, that. Schmeckle is the most common, I think. Schmeckle. And that's that's our favorite word. So. And, sh- and schmegegi is the other one that's very common as well. Schmegegi? Yep. That just sounds like there's some something wrong with it yeah i don't but they all mean different things one's like a little bit like speckles like a small penis like eh, like a cute little amount and then like there's other ones that are like i don't know it's gross or it's a lot like there's different intonations in every word that you can describe yeah schmageggy just sounds like a discharge of some sort (laughs) (laughs) i don't know yeah maybe (laughs) but schmeckle i will i promise you i will use it on the air in the next month okay I love it. Totally will. And then, Schmeckle showing or Schmeckle. I love showing. it. And then Holly and Nero are going to look and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's Jewish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, lear- I learned it from the Getting Juicy podcast. What do you expect? You know it. Yeah. Oh, God. So you, um, so you have a partner that you're with? It's yeah. Not- yeah. For how long have you been together? Um, so we <laughs> went- Oda, for how long have you been together? How long have you been together? <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we met February 20th um, last year. That was the first day we went on. It was just a quick little coffee date and a nice little walk around Queen Elizabeth Park. Uh, nice. And, uh, you know, I went on a couple of Tinder dates. He was the very first one I went on after my uh, separation. And, uh, like, proper, proper date. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and then the pandemic was kind of happening. And, honestly, like, I was... The moment I met him, I was immediately attracted to him. Like mm. just everything, I was like, "Whoa!" I feel like something I haven't felt in a really long time. Oh, that's so nice. So you had that's in, very interesting timing with the pandemic. Yeah, you, you get like, to know somebody. Oh, you totally do. Yeah. Yeah, oh my God. that's I, true. I, I kind of liked it. I, you know, Jordan is a lot. Uh, he's much more introverted than I am, but I'm also like an introverted extrovert. Um, so we, it was really nice to have some one-on-one time, grow with somebody. He's also a divorcee. So while I was going through my process, he was able to, because uh, I, I kept saying to him like, you know, listen, I don't need someone to save me. I just need someone to stand by me. So mm-hmm. if you're okay with that role, then this is good. If not, maybe I should be on my own or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Such a beautiful job, masterful mm-hmm. job, making sure that he was supportive without saving. Aw. Yeah. Amazing. 
Amazing. And what a beautiful foundation as well to grow a new relationship out of a relationship that might have not been um, working at the time that it chose to separate as well. I mean, it's it's a lot. And especially I find, I mean, and I don't want to, um, I guess, train of thought has gone out from my head, but I don't want to put queer uh, relationships under the microscope in a sense, but I almost feel a sense of pain or a sense of greater loss when you see queer relationships that maybe don't work out in a sense you know yeah they're i think because we're already starting off and, I, and this is some big me but it's like we're already starting with a bit of a disadvantage mm -hmm. um, mm. i don't know I'm, I'm not quite i'm sure that straight people also feel pain like divorce and or a breakup like they're all very very challenging Mm -hmm. But we certainly feel a little bit more alone as a queer person. You meet another person who feels alone, and together we will not be alone. Right. And you're right. alone. You're like, ah, this is a harder place to start back up from. Mm -hmm. uh, there's probably less people available on an app that want to be with a man versus like straight relationships. Maybe that's right. what you're talking to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But in Vancouver, I've also been getting more and more insights that, you know, Vancouver for anybody anybody it's a very hard city to meet people in and me being someone that's dated a lot of people even if it's as a single date like you said from tinder or grinder and not always grinder but you know but any platform you could even meet someone it's very challenging to have anything beyond the surface of conversation and then for it to turn into something further than that so i'm really proud of the fact that you met someone that transpired into that type of commonality and wavelength and then for it to come to now like that's a huge gift that was mm -hmm. provided to both of you yeah, I think uh, it's also like you have to be with your tribe. Like there is a lot of good looking, fun, awesome guys out there that don't want to be in relationships. I know many of them don't. I'm a relationship guy. I like that that, that solidness. I want to mm -hmm. share with somebody, grow with somebody. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think that's a big key too. like, oh, I've met a lot of good looking men, hero. I was the Jezebel like you, but <laughs> but they didn't necessarily want to date me like they, you know, or like be exclusive with me. and. It could be fun for a while, but certainly I was like, no, I want to find what I call my uh, emergency contact. I want you to be the, the call. Like, that's what I want. I hear you. I want a husband, too, and I'm not going to stop. You know, when you know that you're worthy of something, it's only a matter of time until someone finds you or you find each other. Whether oh. if it's, and hopefully in person, not over a freaking app, but, you know. Oh, God. Hero, COVID. this this podcast, something's, I don't know. You're gonna find you're gonna find someone. Something's gonna come out of this. Oh yeah, someone's gonna do. It's, someone's gonna see you and your eyes and see through you and see your child and be like, "That's my man." And that's <laughs> exactly. that's what's exciting, right? Like you you just never know. Like had I not, got, you know, gone through a separation that then became a divorce, but had I not been separated, like I might have never met Jordan. We are from right. the same hometown. Funny enough, we wow have dogs. There's a lot of commonalities. We have people that know each other back home, but I never, right. I never bumped into them. I saw this really good-looking profile on Tinder. We both swiped right, and it turned out to be like, oh, a really nice. Like it wasn't worse. Not sending dick pics. It was just no, you know. And then when we had our walk, and I was like, wow, there's just a really, really nice energy here, and I know I just want more of it. Yep, yeah, and you just know. Simple as that. And that's what my dad would always say to me. I'd always come over to my dad and say, oh, you know, I'd give my whole spiel, kind of similar to my way my mom's train of thought is. And he said, he's, he's not right for you. This isn't going to work. And I'd always say, why? 
just because of look at how much you've had to describe or justify or think about reasons mm. why, you know, you're going to know just by knowing and you wouldn't even have to tell me not because I don't want to know, but I'll meet them when you know that you want me to meet them. Totally. And you know, yeah. the thing too in this relationship, I think we're, we're both like a little bit hesitant. It's a weird, I don't know if it's force. I'm not sure what it is, but might be age we're like you said just left to 40 i'm 41 we're stepping like gently because we're also like there's no rush but we're also we're good enough to know hey if this weren't to work out i could be i'll be okay yeah I, it's not like trying to have an exit plan it's just one of those things where you're like i just have to know deep down that i'm gonna be okay. right right maybe because you know because you know it's it's it look it sounds like it could be a a long, long-term thing. So, oh yeah, and like Rachel, how long have you been married? Oh God, um, married. Look at like Oyve. Look at my face. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, married for almost seven years. Together for too long. <laughs> for, <laughs> 14, 13 or fourteen years, but. And we can, and actually here when I can talk about this on another show, but, um, but this year has been the most challenging year for my relationship oh. ever. Um, I will, I won't, I'll just say that uh, it's, I mean, Hero knows all the background, but I mean, this year has definitely pulled off the layers of a lot of people's relationships that I know, like, you know, queer, straight, whatever, whomever, whoever, it's and people. it's just, just people. And it's just been like, okay, if, if you're not ready to deal with this now, like it's just pulling back layers that maybe you never dealt with previously. Um, and that's why I said like more people that more people than I've ever heard of have been going to therapy, you know, for the first time ever, um, we did a group, a group, um, a couples therapy session this year, which was amazing. I mean, and I'm, you know, I'm not ashamed of saying that. I feel like, you know, if any couple is going down that road of, just being uncertain and been together for so long um, that can be like a hail Mary. It can be a saving grace. So um, yeah, like, well, I, I tough. I yeah. applaud you guys. I think that's incredible. <laughs> like, no, it is. And, and, you know, people have asked me before, you know, you hate marriage now that your, your first marriage didn't work. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'm a, I'm a huge believer in marriage. I think like, when you're going through the rough patches, that's when you dig in, you do your work, you get yeah. like couples counseling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think that's why it's also really hard when, when marriages do fall apart, whether they increment or not. But it's just that, you know, what you know what it felt like walking down an aisle and making these promises in front of the people you love and all those things. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I, I always tell people like dig in as hard as you can with it, unless of course it's hurting, it's wrong. There's, there's reasons to not be there. But if there's a reason to be there, just keep showing up. Of course. Absolutely. And know that you tried, you tried, you know, it's, we're not, and we're not giving up. It's just, it's just been a, it's been a very difficult year. And like I said, for a lot of people, it's, um, you know, we both decided that we wanted to have different careers. So we both did that. It wasn't just one or the other. We both were at home for too long together and just, you know, and we're very, and we're also very, um, both of us, very individual people. We're a couple, but we've always been very separate um as individuals so we don't we're, we've i've never been that kind of um clingy person and neither has he so we've always kind of done our own thing and anyway but yeah like it's, it must feel nice in a weird way to feel like you're not alone absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely yes i mean 
Yeah. And, and unfortunately I know of couples that have split this year that I never saw coming, never, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's a hard, it's been a hard year for sure. So for something to come out of this year for yourself, Johnny, and going through and having a relationship that's seems to be thriving is, I think it's rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 be honest. It, it was because I, so I got separated in September and you know, like, of course you're trying to work on things, but it was one of those, we were in a marriage counseling and I was like, okay, if you're like moving out and like, we're taking some time apart, I need to understand what the rules are here. I'm like, I'm Mm -hmm. about to turn 40. I was 39. I'm like, I'm about to turn 40. I'm not going to go with like, you don't want to sleep with me anymore right now. That's fine. But if we're taking a break, I'm going to do my thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my, I'm going to do me. I'm going to have a good time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I did. It was great. I had a great time. Um, but then when everything went down, it was actually a year ago today, January 12th. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. Isn't that funny how life works out? So, uh, exactly a year ago today, I found out all the truth of what was going on. At that point, I was like completely done. There was no chance of reconciliation on my part. Um, and Hmm. that's when I realized I was like, okay, like I was really sad, really shocked, really hurt, all the worst feelings in the world. Right. Yeah. But I also recognize, like, okay, now it's it's go time. Like, you've been waiting too long. Now you know the truth. Now you know all the answers that you were searching for. So, okay, great. And then that's why I took the chance, like, three weeks later, I'm like, get a Tinder account, just do it. Just do it. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, we've been separated for, what, like, five months at that point? And then when okay. came out, I was like, this is dumb. This is over. The only shitty thing is you have to wait until like next September to get yeah. officially legally divorced. Yeah. So when I was dating Jordan, I did feel a little bit like I'm a married man with a boyfriend. I felt really Oose. good. Yeah, but like endless though. <laughs> yeah, totally. So it was really we- it was a weird time, but it was also kind of like because um, one thing that came out of again, silver linings, a good thing that came out of it was you know, when you keep asking someone to show up, like, I'm like, I need you, please show up. I think like, even if they're there sometimes, and we know this in family or friendships, mm-hmm. when someone is physically there, but they're not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my big thing was show up, show up, meet me halfway, meet me, you know, 10% just show up. So when I met Jordan and I recognized, oh, he has that natural, I show up. I was like, oh, this wow. is, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Totally. That silent, that silent protection, that silent confidence, and just knowing that there is something there that you know that you can lean back into a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. If he's so nice and tall, and when he hugs you, you just feel encompassed. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. Is, is he on your Instagram account? He is. So he actually doesn't have social media. <gasps> Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Yeah. My husband does not either which is so he's never had it he is so against it which is funny because that's like that's like what i do and i'm also in marketing and stuff like that so we're so opposite in that sense um but it's, it's to the point where he's like i can't put pictures of him up so like you will never see a picture of him on social media like he's just not he's not about that at all which is sort of frustrating because now with the podcast i'm like i kind of want to you know boast about you a little bit but I guess it's everyone's comfort level, but I mean, you guys are married and if it's like a very generous picture where you both look beautiful, I mean, I don't think anyone would have, well, I could be wrong, but 
maybe there's a chance that he would allow, like, where you'd be like, out of all these pictures, is there one that you feel is special and that you'd be okay with me sharing with our audience? Yeah. Same as me. Like, I always would be, I'd ask Jordan, like, is this okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's all good. But he just doesn't like the feeling of scrolling, doesn't like what it does. And I'm yeah. kind of, I'm like, yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you know what, as far as that's concerned, too, I wanted to ask you, in addition to, of course, the love of your life, another love of your life is animals and your and dogs. And so I thought it would just kind of, uh, in the time that we have together, just kind of ask you a little bit about that and your experience with animals and what you're doing with them now. And yeah, just that part of your life that's so fulfilling about who you are. Yeah, so, so my ex-husband and I, I, I had had a dog since 2007 that I brought from Edmonton. Um, I got him like a week before I left. So odd. But, yeah, it was. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna sound like one of those really old ladies that just can't keep her life together. But I, uh, I, I, I was in a relationship with a guy. Uh, it had turned uh, slightly abusive, and mm. uh, so I ended. It ended, and we had a dog together. And when that ended, he took that dog. It was originally my dog. He took the dog. Okay. Uh, he said, I feel badly that I've taken the dog. I purchased you a new dog. And he handed me a dog. And I was like, this dog doesn't like me. It didn't like me. It was a bad fit. So huh. lo and behold, I'm about to leave for my Vancouver journey. I'm leaving Edmonton. I'm going to Vancouver. I'm in West Edmonton Mall, phase four, right by the HMV. And downstairs, this one, they did have puppies in windows. And by yeah. the way, I don't believe in it, but I felt like he needed me and I had to rescue him. He was a discounted dog on sale. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. So I met him, and, I, and I, I went inside to the door, the pet store, and I was like, I need to pick him up, and I held him, and we just matched. Oh, my God. But lo and behold, I had some neighbors that loved the dog that hated me. They're like, oh, we've always wanted a purebred West. I'm like, and take it with you. Like, take it with you. Uh, they took that dog, me and Wormy, we moved to Vancouver. Wow. And then um, Gus Gus, who is, it's so funny, I swear I didn't have this set up, but like Gus and I, uh, so Gus is my other dog. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that was us in uh, in Oregon last year. Um, wow. We rescued Gus from the SPCA in Squamish. And then when <sighs> the separation happened, we were sharing back and forth. And it just required us to talk every week. Mm. At that point, I was just like, this isn't healthy for me to have to talk to you. Um, I would like to take Gus, who was the big guy. I was like, I'll, I'll take Gus and Murray. And he, but I said, I would like to have him, but ultimately I will allow you to make the choice. Yep. Um, so let me just, just super all aware. I would love to have Gus. I would love to take him, but I'd like one of us or the other to, to have him. So I don't want to, I don't want to talk to you. I'm sorry. Like I just, Yep. That's not where I'm at. Yep. So he decided to take Gus. Uh, so Gus has been living with him, but I still get a chance to, to pick him up on weekends every once in a while. And mm. my oh. mother-in-law has been great. I coordinate with her. And um, so it's, it's turned out to be okay. So those are my other two loves. Amazing. Aww. Amazing. Aww, little, little schmeckle. I don't know. <laughs> and also, and Jordan has a dog too. So Jordan has a, a big mastiff. Her name is Kitty. So... <laughs> Sometimes we have three, sometimes only one, sometimes two. So we have a little, little pet family. Oh, I oh that's that. so lovely. Oh. Well, we could we could talk to you forever, Johnny. 
I feel badly. I feel like I've put you in all different circles here, guys. So I hope you have something to work with here. Oh, oh my God! No, it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. It's been absolutely a pleasure to have you um, grace us with your time. Um, especially, I mean, I'm just going to say for myself. You know, it's great to see someone that I've admired or that I've appreciated for what they've done in our community and also in the entertainment business and someone that lives in Vancouver as well. I mean, I would love to hopefully encounter you in person one day sooner than later and actually get to know you a bit better. I think it'd be really cool. Oh, um, absolutely, especially like once this darn pandemic is over, we'll allow for <sighs> some new yeah. opportunities. But again, when we talk about opportunities, thank you for, for allowing me to share this morning and, and to share with your audience. And hopefully we can all keep learning and growing together. Mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Fantastic. You got to say Lahayim. Lahayim. Chaim. Chaim. You got it. Chaim. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Chaim. Yeah, and to that we drink our water or whatever the hell you're drinking. Oh, I, I had my coffee. But Johnny, there's there's one more very important question that we like to ask our guests. It's the most yeah. important question of the entire I was gonna say interview, but I don't like using that word interview. It's, um, a, it's a chat. The chat with our chat. Um if you if you were a fruit juice, actually a juice, not even a fruit juice, a juice, what would you be and why? The first one that came to mind was great. Oh, that's new. Great drink. I love me a great drink. Um, I feel like because, uh, okay, grapes, funny. They're connected to wine. Yep. <laughs> and also, like, there's something to be said about having, like, mm, like on a hot day, like a nice, it could be a white grape, it could be a purple grape, like a, mm. a nice quenched Welch's. Like, mm, that is, oh. And also, if you have protein powder, you can mix that. There's peanut butter protein with some grape juice. I'm telling you, it tastes like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So That sounds amazing. Being oh. anaphylactic to the peanuts, I would just be dead in a second. But my God, oh. that sounds delicious. Hero, not for you. Yeah, I know. I, like, men out there, your nuts are fine. But anything else? No, nah, I can't. You're going to kill me. So don't give me that kiss of death, please. <laughs> was meant to be Jewish maybe because um the kosher Manischewitz or the wine that we he, he knew what I was going to say so on a Passover table or on a table for do they do this with the uh, on Friday too hero with the wine or is it just if I know I'm a horrible Jew what do I know I don't know there's a Jewish wine called Manischewitz and it's a very sweet wine and so for certain holidays specifically Passover we'll sip it during the the service or the the seder we'll sip the wine but the kids or those that don't drink, it's always grape juice. Mm -hmm. And it's usually Welch's and it's always. Mm -hmm. So it's like, honestly, almost like an ice wine for those other people. And the rest of us get grape juice. Yes. Like a port. Like a port. Yeah. Oh God, I love Jewish people. You <laughs> I know you gotta, you gotta go find someone to do a Seder with. You get four glasses of wine before you even, even have dinner. <laughs> That's great. And you read backwards, don't you? Is that right? You yes. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's a good I will go get myself some some grape juice. Yeah. Think of you and toast to you. And uh, again, guys, thank you so much for having me on. I really thank you, John. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And I can't wait to connect with you in person when this is all, you know, said and done. And yeah, all the best. Is there anything you want to um, leave with uh, the viewers that would listen to this and be you want to plug or uh, give a shout out to? This would be a great chance for you to do that <laughs> as well. I would like to give a shout out to all of the highly sensitive people that took their time to watch and listen and learn and grow and know that you have value and worth and beautiful just the way you are. And that's what I have. Mm. 
Oh my god, can I hug you right now? Oh, Let's just do that. Oh, seriously. Seriously. Beautiful. My god. You, you go. are. Oh my god. All right. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, we need. We would love to have people subscribe and to follow us on Instagram at getting underscore juicy and getting juicy with Rachel and Hero on YouTube. That would be really helpful for us and all of our you growth. Guys then. Yes. For Thanks. You got it. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. And all the best. And we'll be in touch very soon. Yep. Hey guys. Take care. Be safe. Thanks. Sure. Bye. <laughs>